It is 2024, a new year is upon us, and that means it's time to tackle one of the most bothersome things, at least to me in our industry. What makes a good website? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Google Business Buzz. I'm Ajay, and that's... Hedrick. What's going on, everybody? We got a good one for you. Today, we are joined by our own web guru, the man himself, Brandon Phillips. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks Thank for you, Brandon, us, for taking some time out of your day to join us in our mission to educate the small business owner on the best ways to market and advertise online, because there's so many... So many options, so much confusion. Want to want to present them with some actionable uh, recommendations here. So uh, let's get started. Uh, Jay, what do we what do we have planned for the people? Hundred percent. So what what we got planned for the people, everyone, is a supercharged episode all about websites. Now it is twenty twenty four. A new year is upon us, and that means it's time to tackle one of the most bothersome things, at least to me in our industry. What makes a good website? Um, this is kind of a, a myth or a fable, depending on who you talk to, everyone kind of makes up their own answer to that question. And it really bothers me because for the small business owner, for you, our audience, I need you to understand that there is a professional standard in this industry for what a good website means and one that can be beneficial for you. There is a way to measure this. There is a way to see this. And there is kind of a convention we can all agree on. And it starts with understanding a few things. So the website obviously is your online business space. It is a digital for storefront front where people can find information about your products and services. That's obvious. But what I really want to bring it to is how that website ranks is everything. And that is because, ladies and gentlemen, the goal of a website obviously is to attract people in, get them familiar with you, working with you, purchasing your products and services and having a great user experience. And so we can never neglect the website. Now we have the man, the myth, the legend, our very own web manager here, Brandon, here to tell us all about the website later on in the episode. But first, before we go into nitty gritty about the website, about builders, we're going to get into common sense advice and kind of checkpoints you should look for. We first need to talk about understanding the customer. And to do that, we must understand the customer journey. So Henry is going to share his screen and talk a little bit about what that customer journey looks like and show you a case of a good website and what people see. And we're going to get into all that. So without further ado, Henry, take us away. Thank you, Jay. When we do the search for heavy-duty towing service in Sparks, Nevada, we see a few different results. The top three results are the ones that are going to get the most actions, right? Website clicks, direction requests, even phone calls. But why are these businesses on those top three spots, right? Why are they ranking so high? This area, which shows the map in any given location, is also influenced by the organic rank. And this is why a website is very important because Google is taking that into consideration when they're creating this search engine results page for the user that is stuck on the side of the road in Sparks, Nevada. Google is looking at their location. Google is looking at what 
their intent is and the keywords that they're using. And they're cross-referencing that with the Google business profiles, the information on that Google business profile and the websites that are associated with those Google business profiles. And when everything aligns and when Google receives the correct signals from a website, then that allows for Google to apply a better prominence ranking to the Google business profile. So we know that Google is 25 years old and they started out only with these 10 links, their organic links. They ended up iterating on that and creating what's now a very, very uh, comprehensive search engine with all kinds of different options. But it started out with these 10 links. This ranking, this organic ranking affects Google's local ranking. And we know that a website's quality score can also affect their Google Ads quality score, right? So all of these things work together, not just you know because of Google's algorithm, it's because of the user's experience, which is primarily what Google is looking to replicate with their algorithms. They can't physically go to these businesses and test them out to see what kind of experience they give their customers. What they can do is create simulations using different signals to, you know, try to aspire to get as close as a human being as possible. So if a website is slow, bad user experience. If the website doesn't have those keywords, in the headers or in the metadata, bad user experience. And this is all, you know, really, this is all public information that, you know, anybody can find online. Um, and now I'm going to hang it, uh, pass it over here to my colleague, Brandon Phillips, who's going to go into why these websites are showing up so high, right? What are these particular signals that Google is looking for? Because it's not, it's not, you know, black and white, we definitely have to keep up to date because Google changes their their algorithms. They change uh, their articles and guidelines frequently. And if we're not up to date, our clients suffer. And if a business isn't up to date, you know, doing it themselves, they're going to suffer. So uh, BP, take us through it. I'm going to stop sharing here and give you the screen. All right. Well, thanks, Henry, for the great intro there. And uh, thanks to Jay for getting us getting us on track the idea of a website is is something like like Jay was saying at the very beginning, something that gets misunderstood very much. Um, many folks like to consider a website as being like like a virtual billboard, where it's just a place for it to look attractive and appealing and to relay some information. That point of view is is really outdated in the the current climate of of where things are. In addition to the forward-facing, user-facing uh, parts of the website, the billboard-type parts of the website that you actually see visually, there are also a ton of things that are going on behind the scenes, on the back end, that won't be apparent to somebody who's visiting the website, but will matter a great deal to Google, who is actually running these analyses, like Henry was saying, to to actually determine where your site is going to rank because everybody wants the number one spot, but how do you actually decide 
who gets there. So with that, I'm going to chat a little bit about both the things your users will see on a website and the things they won't. So first and foremost, the, one of the things that most people consider off the bat is the design of the website. This boils down to largely a, a purely user experience based decision. A user who's going to your website wants to see information that is organized, well-styled, not distracting or difficult for them to digest. They want to be able to see what your business does in kind of a snapshot sort of way. So with this site I'm sharing, a quick example of one of the, the considerations we do for that is the opening heading. And this is something that matters to Google a lot as well. This heading here, you can see, does a great job of, of kind of capturing everything about this business here. So if even if you know nothing about Grand River Express Towing, now that you've visited the website here, before doing anything else, you're given lots of great information. You're given what they do, which is roadside rescue. You're given their location, Detroit, Michigan. And you're given a way to contact them, all without having to move your mouse at all. This is good website design. It gives your users exactly what they're looking for in the easiest to digest manner that they can immediately go right in and make, make whatever decision they're trying to make on your website. Another factor to consider that many people overlook is not just how your site looks on a desktop, but on a mobile, a mobile device. Uh, Nowadays, over 50% of, of website traffic is, is, uh, is taking place over a mobile device. That, that number is correct, right, gentlemen? 50% or more these days. Majority. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and Google even uses mobile-first indexing in their algorithms because of this. So, yeah, this is, and increasing. So 50% is being generous, I think. Right, that right. That saves more. Yeah. So... Um, as Henry said, mobile first is is truly the the way Google looks at things these days. So the way a site looks on a mobile device is something that absolutely must be considered. Now here at OMG and and any reputable website design company should be creating a website that is what we call responsive. What that basically means is in this example you can see when I resized the the window here, the website automatically restructured itself to match. That means going back to the user experience. That means when a user pulls this up on their iPhone, when they're stuck on the side of the road, for example, when they might need it most, they're still able to get the information on this website in a way that that isn't difficult for them to read or anything like that. You can see these boxes here give a good example as well as the menu. When we increase the size of the window, you can see these boxes respond in a way that looks best at any width. So that is another thing that we consider when we're doing a website as far as the front user-facing aspect. Now to pivot on that, the things you can't see. I have a report here. Now this, before I get into it, this is a tool that is called Lighthouse. It is the, the page analysis tool that Google themselves has, have adopted to 
dig in and actually get usable metrics on a website. Now, many, I won't say every, but many, many different companies and marketing agencies and, and this and that, they have a bunch of different scanners that, that they use to try and get people to, to kind of run these scans and, and they give different pieces of information. Some are usable, some are not. But in those cases, it's, it's kind of buyer beware because um, while these scan tools may be helpful, if it's something that was developed by a third-party company, there's really no way of validating that Google is looking at the same things that this whatever scan tool may be looking at. It may give you good information, but there's no way to actually validate that fixing those things will directly translate into what Google is looking for. That's why we go with Lighthouse here. Whenever we do our internal testing, this tool here, which which we can provide the link to you, we'll be able to put it up for you. It's pagespeed.web.dev. This is the same exact tool that Google uses. And these are the same exact four metrics that Google uses as well. Performance, accessibility, best practices, and SEO. That is such useful information that I want to highlight that out and bring that out to the audience. So audience, I, I know you're listening. What he just told you is key. He said that when folks sell websites in our industry, oftentimes companies will come up with their own little scans. And these scans are the bane of everyone's existence, right? They Sometimes companies will make you to believe like your site is you know, not doing very well, and that may not be the case. What Brandon is showing you here is the industry gold standard, one of many to evaluate if a site is really good in the eyes of Google. It's not what random company A, B, C, D thinks. It's what Google thinks, because Google is ultimately the one crossing indexing and doing their simulation, their assessment of how good this website is in real life to the actual human user that's going to be on it. They don't get it perfect, but they're trying. And this web, this report right here, this lighthouse report is the way to do that. So don't let yourself get misled. If someone is telling you that your website isn't you know, performing very good, second check, second guess that, go to this pagespeed.web.dev, click on mobile here and put in the URL of your website. And then you're going to get some actual basis in reality for how this website is. What are some key performance indicators of this website? How does it fare on performance, accessibility, best practices, SEO? We're going to demystify this and we're going to keep it away from this agency paywall where you know these guys tell you all this rubbish and we want to bring it back into real concrete tools that you can use. And so here is one. So thank you, Brandon. Keep going. The first thing that gets overlooked on this report a lot is the size of the assets on the page, namely the images. When adding images to a website, always, always, always make sure to compress any images before you upload because visually to a user, you can have an image that's two, three, four times as large as the compressed version that visually looks no different to the user. So it's really just taking up extra space on the website for no reason at all. Other factors that affect this um, report are, like I said, we can go on and on and, and on. There are factors for how clean the scripts are running on the page and other matters as, as well that are gonna vary from, from case to case. So I wanted to show everyone this tool and just and just kind of demystify that aspect for a little bit. We also have something that we implement on the back of our sites uh, known as the local business schema. And 
I'm going to take a breath if if Henry wants to talk a little bit about the schema because sure. I can I can see you smiling and I know this is your thing. Absolutely. Thanks uh, for bringing that up. So local business schema, well, schema in general is basically a way for search engines to quickly identify the kind of website that you have and the information on that website. So way back when the big search engines came together and and they you know made an agreement and you can find this on schema.org uh to use these these scripts uh to quickly identify these different data points on a website. So what I did here is again used another one of Google's own tools, the rich results test. And you just quickly Google rich results test and it'll pop up. All I did was click or copy and paste the um, the URL and I get all of our different schema markups. We have hours of operation. We have telephones. We have uh, the HazMap, which is how we connect the Google business profiles to the website. So all of this data is quickly indexed by Google, by Bing, by Yahoobot, by DuckDuckGo, Apple. All of these different search engines quickly go to this and grabs that information. And this helps our clients or our, and the website gain authority because that's what it's all about. Google is looking for experience, expertise, authority, and trust. Just got to know a little, a little about coding. And if you don't know about coding, well, OMG National, OMG Toe Marketing can take care of that. Am I right, guys? 100%. That's what we're here for. 100%. Well, awesome, Henry. Thanks. Thanks for the the insight there. I knew you could do an even better job of me than uh, of taking everybody through the, the local business there. So Pish posh, BP. <laughs> Thank you, Bo. Thank you. I appreciate that. So let's see. What, what, uh, Jay, what, what are your takeaways here from, from what we've gone over until now? Because I, I love how you sum everything up. My takeaways, man, and to everyone listening is that the website is not just a billboard. I love that sentiment from BP. I mean, this isn't 1300. We're not drawing our website in the sand. This is a mobile-friendly, frantic, high-paced world we live in. And everyone wants everything all the time at the touch of their fingertips. And so the website goes away from being this mystical thing for which you know everyone has their own yardstick by which they measure it. And now we should have learned that there is now a lighthouse report we can use to simulate the user experience to Google how they see it. That's component number one. And in my opinion, the report Henry showed you guys, the rich the rich results report will also show you important things like the schema. Schema is a big word when you talk about websites because it's basically just long story short, code that's specific to that industry, among other things that's embedded in the website that makes it uh, more more relevant to, to what that advertiser is doing with that website in the eyes of Google. So we've learned about the lighthouse report. We've learned about the schema. We've learned about um, having everything quickly accessible at a glance to users and making that journey seamless. And I think the only thing we haven't really covered, gentlemen, is the difference between we deal a lot with custom WordPress sites. And that is somewhat, at least to me, an industry gold standard for the for many use cases. I think there's a, a lot of confusion with builders or CMSs, as I believe they're called. I think really quickly we should touch on the pros and cons of using a custom 
WordPress site as OMG National does, as OMG Toe Marketing does, kind of an, an industry gold standard, as opposed to, you know, the tempting cheaper option of getting one of these cookie cutter sites. So let's touch on that real quickly. I think that'll have some value to the small business owners watching and listening. Yes. To, to start off, these are the reason I wanted to spend the first the first part of, of my time here talking about all of the things that we do and pay attention to is to help people realize what taking on the task of building a website really entails. Because what we see a lot of is people people will start a website and they'll get something even that may end up looking visually good but they may leave out some of these behind the scene factors and they find themselves frustrating, not finding success on Google on, on getting leads because they, their website is still not ranking and, and they have trouble figuring out why. So to, to kind of round, round everything all together, I'll, I'll cover some of the most popular of the CMSs, which that's short for content management system, which what that means is, is basically some sort of platform that, controls and helps you to manage your website files. Nowadays, it's very rare to find somebody who's actually typing out HTML code line by line to, to make their, their website. We have so many tools nowadays to help so that even somebody who doesn't have a strong web development or coding background can still make these things happen if they're careful in their choices and they pay attention to these things. So, some of the, the most popular uh, paid CMSs out there, um, you've probably seen advertisements for them on TV or anywhere else. Um, they're not without merit, but it's important to, to know which ones they are and to know kind of how they work. So you've probably heard of some like Wix or Squarespace or the GoDaddy website builder is is also very popular. That That's based on a system called Duda. Uh, these platforms are all good for for introductory level folks who are looking to get their feet wet with with the website development the drawback of many of these is they tend to be very templated they tend to be very cookie cutter in in what you can actually design and and build and there are also um, oftentimes restrictions on what sort of third-party integrations we can set up or, or things like that. If it's a very simple informational site, using one of these options may be all right if you pay attention to all of the other things that, that go into a successful website as well. Now, there, there's uh, another, another field here for, for the CMSs. Those would be the more open source um, options. Some of those would be Joomla is is a popular one, as well as Drupal, and kind of kind of the king of the the CMS is uh, saving the best for last is one that we use here called WordPress. Now, um, all three of those that I just named are open source, meaning that they can be downloaded and installed for free with an open license for use on on any commercial website. There's there's no restriction or cost to downloading and using these platforms. The reason we go with WordPress is, well, there's a few different reasons why we choose it. One is flexibility. WordPress is very, very widely supported. In fact, 43% of websites now are built in WordPress, approaching half of the internet. So 
really you couldn't ask for a more widely supported system. If you look at if you look at the pie chart of the matter, um, it, it, we see WordPress would be occupying almost half, and then all of the other others that I mentioned are kind of fighting for for second place on on the other side. But it's it's spaced pretty evenly between them. So all of that to say that if you're using WordPress as your chosen system, it is far more likely that any third-party integration you're working with will be supported by WordPress. Well, what's a third-party integration? Well, towers, for example, we have lots, lots of, of uh, tow truckers who come to us. A lot of times they'll want to do something like embed a, a form for somebody to search for a vehicle, an, an impounded vehicle or something like that. So they can somebody can log on and see, where's my car? Do you have my car, et cetera? That's a third-party integration, often with Towbook or, or another platform that with WordPress, we can easily integrate it with just a little bit of know-how. Another example would be a realtor. Um, realtors, of course, want to have their property listings appear on their site. That's kind of their whole, the whole point of, of what they want to showcase. So other platforms hit or miss as far as success, but uh, just about every major IDX or MLS integration, that's the, the system that controls the, the actual listings of the properties. Every, every major one of those is, is supported easily by WordPress. So these are some of the reasons why we choose to go with WordPress. There's no overhead cost to use the system. It's widely supported. And the third major reason is the support that WordPress has from its plugins. What a plugin is, is it's basically a mini application that can be installed and run on the WordPress site. Many of them are available for free. And some are are a paid plugin, but uh, it would give you a very specific capability on your website that mm, it might not be possible for somebody to come up with uh, otherwise. Um, depending on the situation, it, it could depend on what's going on. But an example that just jumps to mind would be uh, if somebody wants a custom shipping quote to know exactly how much it's going to cost to ship from point A to point B on a pre-built website or a template-based website, that actually might be a pretty big challenge for somebody to overcome. Uh, but with WordPress, we can simply go to U.S. Postal Service or we can go to UPS, FedEx, whichever platform they want to use, download the plugin, set it up on the, the back end of the website to get it integrated, and then, boom, they get that information. It sounds like, and thank you for that always a treasure trove of information, Brandon, that WordPress is the way to go for a website that's going to grow and be able to be changed and modified for your business. So it may be tempting, ladies and gentlemen, to go with, you know, a CMS and go, go for the cheaper option, but that may come back to bite you later when you want that website to do things that the platform simply doesn't allow for. And so that's why we at OMG National, OMG Toe Marketing are going to continue to champion WordPress. And so Ladies and gentlemen, th there was a ton of information coming your way today, and I think all of it is stuff that you need to know in 2024 and beyond. Um, as always, it was an utter pleasure to, to kick it with you guys and gals out there. So um, from all of us at OMG, we wish you a happy new year and uh, a prosperous 2024, and thanks for kicking with us. Until the next time, please like, share, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you on the trail. Bye-bye. See you, everybody. Bye.